episode 58 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Hi, my name is Reed Chuda. I'm a first officer on the Pilatus PC-12, and I run media and marketing for iFlight Aviation. What is going on, AV Nation, and welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin, and I am your host. Today is episode number 58, featuring Reed Chuda. Reed is a Pilatus PC-12 first officer for a fractional company flying all over the country trying to build his hours. Some of the things Reed and I do focus on today are talking about flying camps. I have never heard of a flying camp before, but it sounds great. It sounds like an awesome time and a great way for a future av geek to find out what he loves about aviation. Aviation, if you'd like today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Also, check out our awesome website designed by Matt Dell. It's www.pilotthepilothq.com. And please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilotthepilot. The keychains are finally in, and they will be going out as soon as I get home. I'm currently in San Diego right now, but I'll mail those out as soon as I can. Aviation, without further ado, here's Reed Chuda. What's going on, Reed? Welcome to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. No problem. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into it, man. Why aviation? What was the uh, original inspiration for you to start becoming a pilot? Uh, I always wanted to do it, um, but also uh, it was kind of in my blood. Um, my grandfather was in my grandfather was in World War II, and he was flying bombers. Oh, cool. Um, through yeah, he flew bombers in the Army Air Corps. He flew. A little bit of everything. Uh, my uncle wrote down, he was in the B-24, B-25, B-26, B-17, and he had some time in B-29. Dang. <laughs> like full-on bomber yeah, guy. Yeah, he had a busy career. <laughs> yeah, he did. He yeah. did. He had, yeah, he was in a couple plane crashes, according to my grandmother. Oh too. my gosh! <laughs> yeah, like, like that. She's telling me all these stories, and then I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm so happy, Grandpa got out of the war. I was like, about to say, is he still alive? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy, yeah. man. That's um, it sounds like a real badass, to be honest with you. And like now, people are are talking about how they have so many type ratings and different jets. It's like, well, this dude's flown every bomber ever made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like in all these countries, and all all of it, like oh, he was. Like I never got to meet him, sadly. But yeah. if, like, if I like, if there's ever that thing, like, who is that one person to meet? I'd love to meet him just to hear his story. Yeah, I'm Every, sure he has some cool stories. To tell. I, I guarantee he oh, yeah. have some great stories. But Man. like, um, but you know, being able to fly is another way I get to share with him. That's true. That's very true. And also, uh, my brother is a pilot as well. He, oh, cool. Yeah, he is a uh, fighter pilot for the U.S. Navy. Nice. Um, yeah, he gets the flies real fast jets. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, yeah, and people always ask me, like, did you follow in your brother's footsteps? Was it? But he and I always wanted to do it. He's just nine years older, so he was able to do it first. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's something I really always wanted to do. You know, as like as you know, with any pilot, you're just time plane flies up, you're just looking up and. Yeah. Uh, definitely that from a young age was um so your grandpa was kind of the inspiration as you're saying and yeah. was there anyone else in your family other than your brother did your dad your uncles any other i don't know aunts or anything that were they in aviation at all no so it kind of skipped the generation and then went yeah, to you dude, and your brother that's it. yeah i like i have an uncle who's very passionate about aviation like he's yeah. big he's like a he's like a big aviation history buff like he and i went down to uh to uh, where the Red Brothers did the first flight. Oh, cool, Kitty Hawk. Uh, oh, Kitty Hawk. Yeah, yeah. he and I went there. 
Um, and then he and I, he took me to a bunch of air shows. He took me to an air show, uh, I forgot, somewhere in New York to go see bombers that my grandpa flew. Oh, cool. So the passion, so the passion has always there, but actually like getting stick and rudder, um, that, that's definitely skipped a generation. Yeah. So how did you and your brother kind of start going after the aviation since it did skip a generation were your parents hesitant of you two getting into it or was it kind of like, no, like go for it. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, my uh, I hats off to my parents. They are extremely supportive because I know they both have gray hair now. Definitely, <laughs> my brother and I. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they they were they were very supportive. My brother did all of his flying through the military, um, which is that's how he and I differ. Um, yeah, he went through mil- he went to college and then went through OCS and everything. Go to military. I was able to find out that you could actually go to college to fly. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to go to engineering school anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go fly planes. It sounds more fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I started flying in high school. Oh, cool. Which was, which, which really set forth everything. Um, my hometown airport in Keene, New Hampshire, Kilo Echo Echo November. That's where I learned to fly. That's where, like my true passion for aviation took off. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, that's not where it really started. Was how I first started flying was uh, University of North Dakota has an aviation camp. Oh, I nice! Went, <laughs> yeah, I went to that for a week, and th- that's where it comes. With my parents being supportive because I'd always want to talk about flying, and they found this camp where I could fly for a week. My parents looked at the investment. They're like, "All right, we'll pay this money." to see if you actually want to do it rather than like you go there for a semester, take all these loans out. You're like, why well, don't I get sick all the time flying? Yeah. Like, maybe this isn't for me. Right. So they helped help me out make that decision. Uh, so flying at UND for that summer camp was awesome. Talk to me about the summer camp. What does the summer camp entail? You know, you said it was a week. Was it like some ground school in the beginning and then like they flew for five hours or did was, you do like lessons? What did you do? Yeah, it was, it was legit lessons. Um, which was, which was cool. So it was a combination. So it was like overnight camp. You did ground schools. Um, and, and you flew, you actually flew the airplane. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was like, that's what my parents like really didn't believe when the like recruiter. So for the camp was like, no, he'll actually (laughs) be flying the airplane. Yeah. What? Like he? Did, yeah, they're like, wait, Reed's gonna fly a plane. So like, yeah, I don't want to drive with this like, guy. <laughs> this kid's sixteen. Yeah, but I feel like that was the other thing where my dad, where my dad just is like, he just got his driver's license. Now we're gonna be like, no, yeah, now you're gonna go off the ground. <laughs> For but, sure. Uh, so you got to. F- so how they set it up was like you had a ground school every day on what you were gonna do your flight lesson for, mm-hmm. so that you kind of understand what it was. Um, and how they set it up. So like you start in a simulator, which is very smart, like day one. What kind of not, simulator? Like a Frasca simulator? Uh, maybe. What was no, it like? Uh, it wasn't like a full motion one, right? It was just kind of no, like. No, no, no. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just a fixed trainer. Yeah. It was trying like a fixed Redbird. Okay, cool. I think back to what it was. Um, started there, just get like feel. Because that's it. Because the guys I went to the summer camp with, we all came from varying backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Not only varying backgrounds itself, but also within aviation. Um, like some guys came in with like 10 hours. There's some guys who were coming in who are almost at their private. Some had soloed. 
I came in with zero hours. Oh, dang. It was, it wasn't, I was a little intimidated at first just to be like, oh, am I behind the ball on what I want to do if I want to be a pilot? But I was real, but as soon as I got there, like a lot of the instructors were like, no, you're ahead of it. Like 16, starting to get into it, actually flying a plane. You're ahead of it. No, so. I would agree. You're definitely, you were ahead of me. I didn't start flying until I was 20. So <laughs> you're yeah. definitely ahead of it. So then you did a lesson every single day for that whole week. And it, and they mix it up. Like, so your first flight was a VFR flight. Mm-hmm. And you do maneuvers. Then your second flight was an instrument flight. Oh, cool. Um, so you're under the hood, hood and everything. Um, the next day was a cross country. Um, then the day after that, you flew a helicopter. What? For real? <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the craziest thing. I got some photos. It was a bell something. I can't remember what it was. That's yeah, crazy. Flew, so it's like yeah, a full it immersion. Helicopter. It's like a full immersion in aviate. That's yeah. wild. Cool. And then the, and then the last day was a night flight. Oh, dang. So if you think about like your private pilot, besides the helicopter flight, they just did like a flight of each thing you'll do. Yeah. And then you land upon it. And I was hooked right away. And it was a great way to like get into it and understand what was going on. How long was each flight? Was it about an hour for each flight or was it kind of longer than that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like think, think a normal lesson. It was probably like, Point seven hops mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, cool. Do they try to, to send to pitch you why you should come to North Dakota? Or they're like, all right, now here you go. Now this is why you yeah. want to come to North Dakota. Well, they, they pitched it well enough because they did like they had some like financial aid presentations and stuff too. Yeah. And I almost went to UND. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, did you go? No, I'll I'll dig into that story a little bit later too. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went to that camp. And I was one, I was absolutely hooked. I was heading into my senior year of high school. Um, and I had a different summer than everyone else from my hometown. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, for like my hometown, like if you love sticks and cows, like you'll be a huge fan. We have them, <laughs> they're literally everywhere. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they like, I posted a bunch of like photos on Facebook and showed my friends. And they're just like, what? Like you flew a plane? Like so many people were thrown off i flew a plane so there's like you talk about it but we didn't know you're actually gonna do it yeah i had a buddy in high school that got his private pilot license when he was in high school and it was the same way even i was like I'm, our dad was a pilot our dads flew together at the same airline i was like you're flying planes yeah. like that's so cool man it's like can't believe you get to do it like everyone was just like thought it was so cool so i mean i would assume it was the same for you too yeah it yeah it was i, I mean i can't to this day i still like can't even describe it like yeah that's just it just said in like, yep, this is what I want to do. So since you went to a camp and obviously you know that they have intro flights, would you recommend someone go to a camp like that? Or do you think an intro flight's enough to really see if you like it, like flying? I recommend both. Um, I mean, it's whatever you, it's whatever you can swing or mm-hmm. whatever's available. Um, like an intro flight is amazing. Like after working at a flight school, you could just, you can get that first like taste of right. what it is like. Um, and that's also a cheap way to do it. But the one thing I loved about going to that camp was you did everything you were, and I was surrounded by other people, other, yeah, other people who were like me right? wanted to fly and you can really like feed off each other and learn. And some of those guys I met that camp are still some of my, are really good friends of mine to this day. That's cool. Um, Yeah. We, we keep in, I keep in touch with, uh, four of them still. And I mean, 
we were we were just talking recently. We we're like, wow, that was almost ten years ago. <laughs> Time flies. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So crazy. But like all. Like I just talked. Like one of my buddies just became a captain at at an airline. The other ones are flying at the airline. Cool. And like, it's it's awesome just how well we keep in touch and just that small experience of just hanging out for a week mm-hmm. and just like some of the. Aviation's all about those connections, right? Though. Well, when you find an in, when you find that you have common interest with other people, where you're like, this is the first time you've been around people that love aviation like you do. It's yeah. kind of just like an, an an immediate bond that you'll always have together, and you won't talk to each other for years. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, what's going on, dude? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's well, cool. It's, it's like it's like if you're like at a social event and you hear there's another pilot there, and you're like, I gotta meet this yeah, guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Where's he at? Yeah, where's he? Yeah. At? And also, then you know who the pilots are because they're just talking with their hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there it was. We did this. That's funny. So, <laughs> what was what was next for you for afterwards? So, you went to the camp, and then what was kind of the process yeah. next of becoming a pilot? So, in my senior year, I was applying to colleges, and the only schools I applied to was aviation schools. Um, I visited them all. So, I applied to. Uh, University of North Dakota, Florida Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. Emory Riddle. And then on top of that, I applied to, it was a non-aviation school, St. Michael's College in uh, Burlington, Vermont, mm-hmm. which is where I actually ended up going. No way. Um, so you, yeah. you you found out that you could go to school for aviation and then you went to a school that didn't have an aviation program? Yeah, it was because <laughs> uh, my parents, we were, doing the, we were doing the financial calculations. Yeah. <laughs> my parents were seeing like how much it would cost. And there's, there's like, what? And I was really, I was also really young for my age too. So I was, mm-hmm. when I graduated high school, I was 17. Yeah, dang. And like, we don't want our 17 year old son to go seven states away. Yeah. And I'm like, like at the time, I was like, no, I can do it. But I look back now, I'm like, I definitely couldn't have done that. <laughs> um, and on top of that, like, St. Mike's, I got some athletic, um, not scholarship, but, I had an athletic pull to go there. They gave me a lot of financial aid. Oh, cool. Scholarships to go. So I was going there for a fraction of the price. Oh, nice. Parents and I had an agreement. If I go to, if I went to St. Mike's, uh, stayed on, stayed on the Dean's list, uh, played sports and kept my nose clean, then I can go for aviation. Cool. Which I, I had so much fun that I went to St. Mike's. Um, because I got to have a college experience outside of aviation mm-hmm. and to get away from it, to make sure I still wanted to do it. Um, and that was probably the best thing. Um, so I made a lot of friends there and I still, I'm still in touch with them. And the, I was on the soccer team. I'm still friends nice. with the soccer team. Did um, anyone else want to be a pilot all in your group or you're the only one? I, it was crazy. One of the guys on the soccer team was a pilot. No way. <laughs> yeah. So he, like he and I were everywhere. <laughs> once, once, yeah, that's the thing. It was like uh, once I found that out, he and I were just he and I were always talking about it. He's he keeps in touch with me now. He's he's a professional soccer player now in oh, Portugal. Cool. So he was he was he's he was better than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He'll come I, back I to aviation that. when he's done with being a professional soccer player, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's he's talking about. It. He's, he's like, I'm gonna make some money, you know, buy my plane, have fun. I'm like, okay, Good you know, you. We're I can fly that plane too. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, talk a little bit about the process of like choosing those schools. Obviously, you said you're 17. Your parents didn't want you to go too far away, but the finances of it. What was kind of um, yeah. 
what kind of costs were you coming up with for these aviation schools? Because I don't know if people really understand how much money it actually is to go to these schools yeah. and how much cheaper yeah. you can do it at a local, I don't know, like aviation like program. So you can go to yeah. some community colleges at programs or you can just go to your local FBO and do it for pretty cheap. Yeah, that's true because I when I started, so I started doing my private at Keene Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got my private for probably just under $9,000. Okay. A really, like some people are like, oh, that's a lot. I'm like, no, for, for private, that's pretty cheap. I would say, I think that's about like just below average, if not at average, because I think the average was like 10 grand or something for a private pilot yeah. license. Yeah, and, and the plane, the plane was nice, and it was just cheap. It was like a hundred and five, a hundred five dollars wet for a for a Piper Warrior. Yeah, and had everything you needed. Nice. What kind of uh, avionics did it have? Was it just standard six pack? Yeah, it, it was just six pack with nice. a Garmin four thirty. Cool. So I had a little some something in there. <laughs> I can't hate on the Garmin four thirty. I really didn't know what else was out there. <laughs> yeah, no, you you don't really don't. It's like G one thousand. Yeah, that sounds cool, but all I know is this. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then, so then when we were looking at some of the other schools, it's a lot of the, it was a lot of tuition and then flight costs, and like flight costs themselves were like fifteen grand each. And then you look at like commercial and multi. Those are up in like maybe like twenties or so. So some big numbers. Yeah. Real big numbers. Yeah. Uh, so there's, I was just trying to find ways where I could finance it myself or whatever I could do uh, for that. So that's what made me go to one St. Mike's for the year to save money and I could work and figure out other ways to pay for school. And then I didn't end up going to any of those. I ended up going to <laughs> Bridgewater State University for aviation after when I left St. Mike's. Okay. What, um, what made you choose to go there? Uh, part of it was I could stay in New England. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know they had a flight program until uh, a friend of mine who was at that at Bridgewater was like, oh, they have aviation here. <laughs> also, what? Yeah. So I, I went and toured. I liked it. Um and there's like, if you come in with your private, it helps out. So I was able to knock that off. And what also helped out was, uh, since my major, which was going to be aviation science, since it wasn't offered in my home state, mm-hmm. I would reduce tuition. Oh, cool. Which helped out a bunch. Nice. What, um, what were you looking for when you're looking at a place to start flying? Like what all, was it just cost associated or did you want to make it like location? What was your, your big things that you're looking at in flight schools? Um, a lot of it was, a lot of it was the overall vibe at first. Like, you know, sometimes you walk in somewhere and you're like, I'm not sure if this is going to be a fit. Yeah. Like, I have nothing against all my friends who go, who went to Riddle. Just when I was on, I just didn't have a good, I don't, um, I couldn't see myself there. Yeah. It's a great program and a lot of good pilots come out there. I just knew it wasn't my fit. No, I mean, for sure. There is when I was, I went to Ohio State, got my private pilot license there. And then when I finished up, I started going around. I looked at ATP. I looked at a flying club in Charlotte and I looked at another aviation school called Airwood Aviation. And I went to the ATP in the flight school or the flight club and the flying club. And I just didn't feel it. Like I met some of the people and I just didn't think we, it'd be the best 
fit for me, but people I know have gone there and they had good experiences. So you're right. It's more about what fits you. And I don't think people do that, do a good enough job at that. I think they just like, all right, here's a flight school. I'm just going to go here. I don't think they really like take the time to, to meet the CFIs, to meet the people in charge. Cause you can really get a good feel right away about what they're all about and kind of how they talk to you and how they treat you. If they're just there to try to make money off you or if they really care about you becoming a pilot. Yeah, exactly. And like that was it. Like, like I fully understand it's a business, but it's also like a culture. Aviation is a huge culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you need um, to find like, the right you, fit for you. Exactly. Like, well, I mean, you, know, you go to any air show or anything, you'll just see like really nice people just always coming together. Right. Um, so just that's one of the things I like about Bridgewater was meeting them. I So when I went to Bridgewater, um, I didn't end up flying at the school itself just because it's it's a problem with all flight schools right now like being low on cfis yeah and there just came to a point where i was just on a waiting list for a while um and i just had to make the best decision for me so i continue i continue my education at bridgewater i just switched my degree from flight training specific to aviation management specific mm-hmm. found a 141 another 141 school um executive flight aviation and i flew there and that's also where i met uh my long-term boss michael gullion yeah I worked him for a while nice so you've uh, yeah. you've been around the block and you've gone to a couple of flight schools <laughs> yeah i went i ended up going yeah. to three that's three, funny yeah. Private. I like. I flew at Bridgewater just for a little bit, um, but yeah. It. I mean, it stunk that I couldn't keep flying there because like it was really good training. Mm-hmm. It was they were backed up, and that's not their fault. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere is trying to keep CFIs. Yeah, I mean, CFIs are hard to come by, and they're they're starting to make <laughs> decent money now to to keep them there. Yeah. So it's a uh, to me interesting to see how the future plays out with the pilot shortage yeah. and how it's exactly. going to affect training and how they can keep good CFIs as CFIs because we obviously don't have enough of them. We have more yeah. of the the people that just want to build their hours and peace out, which there's nothing wrong with that because you can make a lot of money in their lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, like there's, I mean, there's there's both types of like there were good CFIs who were who liked it and were ready to get in and out. I, I had a friend who told me, who told me, he's like, he's like, I'm going to instruct. I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to be out of there in a year. Yeah. Well, at least, at least he, he was honest. No, like, for sure. You got to be honest about it. You got to, I mean, I'm sure he still went to work and like wanted to teach people and make them the best pilots possible. But yeah, if you only want to be yeah. there a year, then that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What was right. your training like? What was, um, did you struggle with anything at all in particular? Or was it pretty smooth sailing? Um, I'm not going to say it was smooth sailing only because it's, it's tough. I still want to like people to be like, Oh, it's super easy. To be it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. I was just lucky that I was surrounded by people who had like the same passion stuff that I could study with. Like right. one, I had a, uh, one of the things, one of the things I did was me and two of my friends who shout out to them because there's, they are all doing very successful in their career. And we always bring it back to this point where we would, uh, rent out a study room at the library of Bridgewater. And we would just be in there for like four hours, three times a week and just hammer in uh, subjects. And it was great to study in a group because you like, you were able to bounce ideas off each other with someone probably who had a better understanding. Of one concept could explain it to us. Mm-hmm. Whiteboards. Whiteboards is probably the, 
I'll, to anyone who wants to be a pilot, whiteboards are your friend. <laughs> Buy a whiteboard. <laughs> you can draw, you can draw it out, erase it, draw yeah, it again. That's funny. Um, I mean, instruments tough. Um, a lot of it has to do like some the ground side of things is just understanding the new regs mm-hmm. and holds. I know I had trouble fully understanding holds at first. Um, now I do them so much that I'm, I'm like, I don't know where I, how I struggled at that. Yeah. So stuck on holds. You just got to practice it. I mean, it's just like everything yeah. else. It's like everything's going to be, it's like a foreign language. Once you see it for the first time, it's really confusing. But the more you immerse yourself in it, the more you are doing it and actually do holds or watch videos on it, the more it's going to yeah. be second nature to you. So it definitely just takes yeah. time for the holds. So if you get discouraged, don't worry. Everyone was discouraged about holds at one point. Yeah, there's like I have an I have an entire row on my bookshelf that were just books I used going through all my licenses. Mm-hmm. I think out of the probably fifteen or sixteen books, probably eight of those were just instruments. That's funny. What was your favorite book you used when you were training? I'm looking at it right now. It was Rod Machado's Instrument Pilot's Survival Manual. There you go. Shout out to Rod. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Rod. It was a really good book. That's good. Uh, What did you like about it? Just uh, the way he wrote, or did he have different concepts than everyone else? The way he wrote and explained him broke it down. That was a good one. Um, And then, oh, there's the other one, the Everything Explained for the Pilot. Yeah, I love that book. That's That's a good book. That's that's a Bible. Yep, that is. (laughs) That book is. That helps out a lot. And it's yeah. funny too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How they explain it, and then you read it in the like, like one of the published books, and you're like, oh, he made this one way easier. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. They can't even spell some of the words. <laughs> so, what was next after your training? How did you build your hours? Did you CFI? Did you aerial survey? What'd you do? Oh, I hopped on the survey train. Oh, nice. Where'd you work? I had a lot, had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, survey were you doing like big uh, digital cameras out of the plane with a hole in the plane or what kind of surveying were you doing um i had i had a nice setup yeah i had the holes in planes mm-hmm. and set up everything what kind of planes uh, were you flying oh the glory i was flying the glorious 172 okay <laughs> it was extremely humbling yeah <laughs> i bet everywhere so why did you choose surveying over say cfi it came to a point where um I was, so once I, I graduated having my commercial multi and my degree and I was at a job working in an operations center of the company I fly for now. Mm-hmm. At the time I was, wor- I was working you know, 40, 40 hours a week and trying to work on my CFI. Um, and I just wasn't able to fly as much as I wanted to cause I was like, Oh, I'm making some money. That's nice. And then the opportunity presented itself where like if I left that if I could go fly survey, I'd build up my hours to actually come fly for the company I was working for. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, like, one, I can go fly Two, someone's going to pay me to fly. Three, I can go travel a little bit. And four, you don't want to take your CFI (laughs) exam. Yeah, it was a no brainer to me. Like I got a lot of good knowledge studying for my CFI and stuff and maybe one day I'll finish it, but maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I just, it was an opportunity to present itself that I couldn't say no to. Yeah. 
What was your experience like surveying? Did you guys just kind of stay in the Northeast or did you fly that 172 all over the country? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to send you a picture because I mapped out everywhere I was. Oh, you should, I- for sure. Uh, the f- Yeah, I was all over the country. Uh, Nashville, Atlanta, Tex- uh, Houston, Texas. Nice. Fort McMurray, Alberta, Canada. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we flew aero. When I flew aero survey, we did it in a 206, 310s, aero commander, and some Aztecs. And I took a, I was in an unpressurized 310 at 21,000 feet for five hours shooting pipelines <laughs> over Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, you, that's one thing I liked about aero survey is that you get a lot of good road experience. You kind of get to yeah. get a feel for yeah. what it's going to be like on the road. You know what to do when you go to an FBO. You kind of like, you know what, what the, what the deal is, how to, where to, how to get a hotel, how to wake up on top. Um, like, you know, just things that you don't really think about. It's like the life of a pilot. That's so, what I explained to my buddies. Yeah. Where I was, like you, like they had like some knowledge, but I had operational experience right. and really play out during the job. And it still shows to what I do now. Absolutely. Up and in and out of FBOs and such. Well, me going aerial survey kind of made me realize that I really like general aviation. It kind of took me away from the idea of wanting to be an airline pilot where I was just like, I kind of fell in love with the FBOs. I fell in love with flying to smaller airports yep. and it kind of just like caught my eye. So without going to aerial survey, I'd probably would have gone CFI, gone and sit at a regional. You know, you don't really know where, I don't know where I'd be right now. I'd probably be captain at a regional in Charlotte, North Carolina or something like that. But now I'm <laughs> flying for a good corporate company in Chicago. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like you never you, know. You're, yeah, you and I are exactly the same on that. Is like, I just love general aviation so much that yeah. I'm not sure what my next step will be when I'm done flying the Pilatus or if I stop flying the Pilatus. Right. It really is. I love the travel. I like the... Like how I can go from like, I can go from Block Island, Rhode Island, which is a very short runway, mm-hmm. and to Teterboro, right? Like in the same plane, the same day. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's okay, then we're gonna go a small place, then we're gonna go to Boston. Yeah, I think I did. Mid- oh, I went midway to, um, I went from Chicago midway to Butler County in Ohio. There you go. I feel like yeah. I've been to Butler County. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but- hotel off of Oscar. Yeah. That definitely and sounds familiar. After after I land, I'm like, oh yeah, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, funny. Oh, it's like just north of Cincinnati. Yes. All right. I have been there before. I know yeah, exactly. Single, single runway. No, yeah. <laughs> That's dude, funny. Dude, it's just those small perks I love. Yeah. Getting to go into taking off out of NASA in the Bahamas and going to like Staniel Key. Yep. That's really cool. It's corporate life's one of the best. What um yeah. talk about your survey a little more because I feel like I'm the only one yeah. that I really I haven't really talked to too many other survey pilots to build their time. Kind of what was the experience like, like choosing companies? Obviously you said you mm-hmm. kind of just found one or they kind of found you or kind of was like right place, right time. What was like the yeah. maintenance like? Was it shady at all? Or was it a great company to work for? Kind of talk about the highs and the lows a little bit. Yeah, no worries at all. I'll mention their name as well. I flew for land care aviation. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, t- I talked to you about it a little before for some people to go fly survey. Mm-hmm. It was I had an absolute blast flying flying survey because you were in charge of your airplane. You were assi- you were assigned an airplane for projects mm-hmm. depending on like camera configurations, what needed. I won't get too much into that. <laughs> Don't but, put us to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, and then on the road, like. You take, uh, you take care of your hotel. Uh, they pay for it, like, but they, you have like your company cars to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Instance wise, you set it up with the FBO, but the company 
made sure that wherever you stayed, they had maintenance on the field. Oh, they have them and they and they know all the maintenance facilities for the projects. Yeah. Um, none of it was sketchy at all. You just make sure after it was done, like oil changes, you kept track, you kept track the logbook. When you were ready for an oil change, you would schedule it. Like the company kept track your had your logbook too after you would send it in at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But when you're flying like five, six, sometimes seven hours a day. Oil changes come fast. <laughs> yeah. Super fast. Yeah. They yeah. do. I, well, um, that's completely different than my experience. My company didn't care where maintenance was. You only got maintenance when you needed maintenance. By that time, it was too late and something stupid happened or something crazy happened. So uh, it's good to know that there are kind of some good survey companies out there that are kind of reputable and trustworthy. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is like the company... A lot of the guys will stay at that company. You most people are just one year, mm-hmm. but if you fly a second year, you can fly the Aztec. Cool. Um, I know some guys who really love flying that. So yeah, you, get, you can get your multi time. A lot of multi time. Yeah, multi time's king. Multi time is king. Yeah. That's why build up right now yeah and then um yeah one story we were i was flying with another guy he was going home the next day we were finishing a shoot we were i don't know like probably like two hour flight away and we went to go land somewhere to get some fuel and get some food and then go home and the company credit card didn't work because our boss (laughs) he used the company credit card for personal spending and he and he like bought like a forty thousand dollar rug in europe and it maxed out the credit cards. And so no company credit card worked. And then the guy's like, well, I have to go home. It's like, how do I come home? They're like, we have no idea. Like, do you have a put on your personal card? So we put like, I don't know, however much fuel to top off a Cessna 310 to fill up yeah. so we could go home. And it's like, who knows if they actually paid him back? I'm sure they might have after he like sued him. But like, <laughs> it was definitely an interesting experience. And I feel like that's more common than your experience where once like when you're building time, even see if I see if I think has gotten better, but even the survey work and even freight, I think that it's a lot of penny pinching and it's a lot of sketchy people and they're just trying to make a yeah. quick buck. So definitely look out for that because not every experience is like the one that you had, which is amazing. So shout uh, out to the guy company. I could be like overselling it, but I had, a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I had, I had so much fun. Cause like, I mean, there are guys who would complain about like the pay we would get. Yeah. But like there's, I mean, if, if I, my one of my philosophies is don't trust a pilot that stops complaining. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> if he stops complaining, he's thinking he's not thinking. Yeah. Well, I got. Let's see. When I was my first aerial survey company, I think I made twenty five thousand dollars. So, <laughs> hopefully, made more than that. No, I think I made about that. Same. Yeah. So yeah, I think that might be average for that. Yeah, but I also thought it back to one, like we were all young and experienced pilots. The insurance was probably through the roof. Right. Um, and like our hotels were taken care of. F- uh, like all the FBO fees and plane fees were taken care of. Right. They reimbursed rental cars. So pretty much we were just making money to like survive, yeah. which we were able to do. Um, like I was still able to pay back some of my student loans. Yeah. No problem. Well, um, I also think the the market's changed since probably we were doing aerial surveys. So I think that it's probably maybe they, they probably have to pay more now because CFIs can make decent money depending on where you go. Yeah. So you got to convince people to become a CFI or you got to convince <laughs> people to be aerial survey rather than CFI and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, but I yeah I always highly recommend aerial survey. Cause Absolutely, got that job because uh, I was in the aviation fraternity in college. And two, like two of the alumni had flown for that company, 
And then a friend of mine who I was working with at the operations center of my company, he was about to head there. Mm-hmm. And it just came to a point where I was like, nah, I got to go fly. And my friend who was there is like, yeah, spots are open. Take it. Nice. Recommendations from the alumni. And then ever since I've left that survey company, I brought, I've like sent some of my other friends to go there. Nice. And one more, because I, I highly recommend it. Like you nailed it on the head when you said like um, pilot road experience is a big thing that many, that you can't learn in ground school. Right. You, you really can't. You're like, okay, how do I pack for living in a suitcase for the next <laughs> month? Exactly. <laughs> it's hard. It was fun to just have like a winter jacket and a bathing suit in like the yeah. same suitcase. I still pack that way. <laughs> yeah. Flip, you've got flip flops and yeah. boots, which is really dope. <laughs> how many hours did you get when you were there? Oh, uh, yeah. I f- think I got. Seven. I think I got seven hundred hours in eight months. Oh dang! So you did fly a lot. Was your was your goal just to get as many hours as possible to move on to the next job? Because it's from the sounds of the talk so far, it sounds like you had a a back or the next plan, the next step, kind of in your mind already. Yeah, my plan was to keep um, to move and fly for the company I'm flying for now. Yeah. Um. But I was just gonna keep flying because I was I was staying in touch with the chief pilot and pilot recruiting while I was on the road. Mm-hmm. Just giving them, hey, I met this for hours. Like once I met the minimum, then like I had my application and everything in. Um, and I was talking to the chief pilot, and he's he's like, yeah, we're back. He's like, I think it was around like February of that year. Like I was qualified, but he's like, yeah, we're not doing interviews until April. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to stay in the, because my boss at operations was like, yeah, you can come back and get your old job and work here. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to stay in the road and keep flying. Like, yeah, might as well. Stay current. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hours was better. And then I finished up survey uh, beginning of July that year, came back, interviewed, got the job, started ground school this just this past October. Oh, dang. October 18. Yeah. Flying so the PC-12, right? Oh, love that plane. Yeah, nice. You're flying the new and nice PC-12s. I was flying like the third oldest oh, PC-12 yeah, ever made. Leg- you were the legacy? Yeah. Oh. They had them upgrade to become a 45, so a PC-12 45, <laughs> so <laughs> well, oh, they no, weren't the too bad. 47, 47E, man. Yeah. Spoiled. Uh, I, I have the, the funny thing is like how we're talking, I have the poster above my head right now. That's funny. I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> So pretty. What was uh, what was training like for you? Was it like did you have to go fly in a simulator at all? Or they do all the training in the plane. So they have a really cool way of how of how they set it up. Like for the interview itself, they just put you in a Redbird sim- simulator just see how your flying skills are shooting approach. Mm-hmm. Ground school, um, they had they just have a it's not a it's not a simulator. Like that's like certified or anything, but they had something built by flight safety for them. Oh, cool. You train in the Pilatus. So more or less to get used to the avionics. Cause they found recently that with the next gen that a lot of people couldn't handle the new Honeywell apex system we're running in there. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, it makes sense. Like if you go from flying your humble 172 six pack 430 or KLN, whatever, whatever you were rocking, then you come look at four screens in front of you. You're like, oh, yeah. 
information overload. Which is crazy. I mean, that was the same thing. I was going from a, a PC 12 with a 430 and a 530 and then went into a, a G5000. And it's like, bam, it's a lot of screens. I like it. <laughs> but I love technology. So it wasn't too hard for me. It was just a different way of thinking. And it's, yeah. it becomes, it's really, it's, it's easy after a while. It might be kind of yeah. hard when you first sit down and you see all this stuff and you're like, man, this is a huge book. Like I figured it out, but once you get the flow of it and you kind of understand how it works, it's not too different than anything you've ever used before. It's just, uh, it's just, I mean, it is different, but it's not, if that makes sense. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was, like I'm, re- I'm a big geek too. Yeah. So like having all, I'm like, I got more buttons to push. Yeah. Got more stuff to type in. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about the PC-12? About the Bay Lattice? Well, yeah. Well, for starters, like, just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's a sweet plane. Yeah, you got that nice fan on the front to keep you cool. I think that's what they told me in grounds <laughs> AC. Yeah. Um, and I just love the capabilities of the plane. Yeah. Um, like, as I said before, like, getting in and out of short fields and going into big fields at the same time. It's funny, like, we'll be going into Boston, and they'll be like, uh, plot is, uh, slow it down, you're catching up on the A320 in front of you. We're like, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry about that, just throttle back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. the plot is, you can you can go as, pretty much as fast as you want and still slow down and get in and land yeah. and not have an, and turn off within, like, 1,500 feet. Yeah, like, they're like, we'll be coming in, like, flats 15, right behind all the, all the big planes going into Boston or anywhere. Yeah. And, like, we'll just keep it, you know, flats 15... Flash 15 all the way. We can touch down flash 15, still make it off the first taxiway. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It has to be it. Just the plane is a machine. It is a full on machine. And the trailing link gear is nice. Every landing feels like a great landing. Yeah. yeah I mean, you can still mess them up. Oh, you not- can, but it's definitely more <laughs> forgiving than other airplanes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah. You know, someone who's, was like relatively new to the airplane, but I fly it well. Like I've, I've definitely had some that were not. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk about the place you're at right now. I mean, obviously kind of talk about like the mission you do, why you chose to go to the type of company that you're at now. Because I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, the, the very traditional way of becoming an airline pilot or a corporate pilot is a lot of people just CFI. They go from straight to CFI, they CFI till they get a thousand hours, 1200 or 1500, whatever amount of time that they actually need. And they just yeah, go to yeah. the regionals and they kind of figure out from there. But why? For you, why talk about the path that you went down? Obviously, we already touched on aerial survey, but talk about yeah. why you didn't just wait aerial survey to get fifteen hundred to go to the regional, or talk about just kind of your thought process and why you wanted to go here and what your experience has been. Yeah, the corporate company I fly for now, I I just always wanted to fly for them, mm-hmm. and so being being able to do so is amazing because I started when I was in college. When I was at Bridgewater, I had friends who flew for this company. And they gave me and my friend a tour of the whole facility and everything early. And we got to talk to the chief pilots. I got to meet them well before I was ready to graduate and before I worked for them. Um, it was just always because I worked at Bedford. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I did my flight training out of. No way. I was just there last week. Yeah. <laughs> at Rectrix. It's a crazy place to train out. Yeah. Like, it's, it's quick. Yeah. Um, so out of so I trained out Bedford, so I saw the Plata's go by all the time, heading over to the FBO and having a friend work there. They got showed me the tour, got the tour the facility later. 
And so when I graduated college, I knew I'd need to work on hours, um, but I wanted to start getting in with somewhere. My friend who flew for the company I'm flying for now told me there's op opportunities in the operations center. So it was a, get a good taste of what the working for the company was like from a non-pilot perspective. Because mm -hmm. now that I'm flying the line, I have a different, you know, I, I bring a different perspective to it because I've been on both sides of it. Um, it hasn't bit me in the butt at all. It's just, <laughs> It'll be a lot of times like captains will have to be like, why are they doing this? I'm like, I can, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah, that's funny. It's like, I have no idea, man. <laughs> yeah, but, but I really love the mission. Um, it's, what's, it's a, what's a standard day for you? You talk about the mission. What's kind of like, what's a standard day for you guys? Like how many, what's your duty day like? How many hours <laughs> you find in a day? Where yeah. do you go? Like that kind of thing. It's very hard to answer what a standard day is. Right. Just because, like, as it like it's flying fractional, yeah, but very. Um, so, but here's like our duty and duty limitations. It's a uh, you know, fourteen hour duty day, um, for, which is you know I haven't ever had a full fourteen hour duty day, yeah. which is nice. Um, and then we're maxed out at eight legs. I would say like we usually, I'll say we average flying um, three and a half hours a day. Okay. How many legs do you usually fly in a day? Right, right now we're in a bit of a slow season. Yeah, um, just because it's winter time. But once the summer comes around, like you could almost be flying seven, eight legs every yeah. day. Like Martha's what? Vineyard, Nantucket, Boston, yeah. like that kind of yeah, stuff. You're, yeah, you're doing the island shuttle. You'd be like, okay, Boston, Nantucket, Nantucket over to White Plains. White Plains is the vineyard. Vineyard up yep. to Bedford, Nantucket, just keep bouncing all around. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that fun shuttle. Right now, there's a lot of it. Is a lot of bit longer flights. It's Rather, you'll have two, three legs, but they're longer legs. Like, got to take someone to Teterboro down to Orlando or something like that. Right. Which is so nice. It's, it's not, oh, it's, it's been fun because I, I live in the Northeast. Yeah. So, so when I get to go down to Florida for like at least like half of my cycle, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> get out of the cold and <laughs> see some sun yeah. for the first time. Yeah. It's exactly. Like, that's why I packed the bathing suit and such with the suitcase. You right. Really, where you, what's gonna go on? You don't, or, or they'll send you to like Colorado, and then you're like, that's ah, frigid. Yeah, but at least it's got some mountains. That is, yeah. That's true. So, uh, what's next for you? What's kind of like your goals in aviation? Are you gonna stay at this company? You said you're first officer for the PC12. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna upgrade yeah. to captain? I know they have options at a, a jet, a PC24. Are you gonna stay and kind of want to fly all those planes? Or are you gonna kind of just stay captain and then kind of go from there? Yeah, my long so. My long short term goal <laughs> is to upgrade to captain at this company. How um, far away do you think you are from that? I'm planning to do that in the fall, so around my one year. Nice. Um, because I'm I'm at I'm almost at the captain hours minimum, but I, I haven't flown a summer for the company. Yeah. So I want to fly a summer with the company to get a feel for what it is. Because absolutely how busy that is. Yeah. Um, I want to get at least one summer under my belt. A little bit more responsibility on your plate. So yeah, yeah. it's not a bad idea. Exactly. Like, like, right. Like I look, I mean, I am young, but I also look super young too. So <laughs> Captain walking passengers like, are you even old enough to fly this? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm 29 and I still get looked at like I'm too young to fly. So, I mean, I yeah, get it. They're yeah, always I'm like, you you sure you got this? I'm like, yeah, dude, I got this. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm a happy baby fish, yeah. baby 23 year old FO. Yeah. Just met everybody. You'll have that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on top, but I plan to stay here. Um, like I said, at least for a ca- as a captain for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I have some airline options. Yeah, I have other corporate jet options. Um, but a lot of them have said uh, after I have a year as like a captain, like will be much better. Cool, which makes sense. Are you like, thinking they, about going to the regionals after this, maybe, or gonna hold maybe. out for a major? Uh, uh, I wouldn't hold out. I'd go to a regional. Oh, yeah. I have a couple. I, I, when I was doing survey, I did a whole, a lot of regional interviews. Mm-hmm. Only a lot of the cities we would be in, there'd be like a, like the career fair or whatever. Yeah. So if we'd have a weathered out day, we'd just go to it. And then I knocked <laughs> out, I just knocked out interviews. Cause that's awesome. I was, like it was their companies. Like I know I wouldn't fly for them. Um, but that would just be like where they would be based and such. But I did the interviews just to get experience at it. And I, I recommend that to other people too. Like interview practice does not hurt. Not at all. It's bad. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, all, right. all right. Maybe I don't talk about that. Or Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't mention the fact that he used to yeah. scud run. It's like, no, let's not do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't mention that yeah. violation or hooligan yeah. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> no, I mean, that's a, that's a great, I didn't even think about doing that. So yeah, that's a great idea, you know, kind of look up, yeah. see what's in the area because you never know where someone's going to be. You never know what airlines based where kind of just do mm-hmm. some research. And like you said, if you want to fly for them or who knows, maybe you think you don't want to fly for them. Then you go interview. You're like, Oh my gosh, I love this place. Yeah. So, that, you never that know. Was, that was the other thing too. was like, I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to do that, but you meet the people and I'm like, ah, well, I liked the recruiting team. And even if they were lying to me, they were really good at it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's cool, man. Um, on, on top of, yeah, on top of flying, I have a fun side project I like to do. Yeah, what's that? It's a iFlight Aviation. It's that, it's a kind of social media right now that my friend and I run. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what we try to do is, it just started out as two friends who love flying, who like to share their stories. So we're post like posting pictures of travels. It started when I was doing survey. Like he's my, I'm not, I didn't found the company. Yeah. <laughs> people, people always ask me, what made you start it? <laughs> I didn't find it. I just tagged along. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, we, he wanted to start it cause we wanted to sh- like promote aviation safety, promote the fun, inspire like the next generation. And what, what better way to do that than like a couple young kids who were out flying. So I tagged along when I was flying survey because it was more than just like he, he was flying in the Boston area and I was like in St. Simon's Island mm-hmm. or down in or anywhere. So it was cool show a different perspective, show the travel. And then I started doing graphic design and videos for them. Oh, cool. And then my buddy's like, you should just come on board and stop sending me photos. I'm like, all right. <laughs> done. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. Done. So I what's uh, what's the Instagram tag so people can check it out? Yep. Uh, follow at iFlight underscore aviation. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. If, right. And if you follow me on Instagram, I have it tagged. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. Shameless plug um, of the, the Instagram. Yeah. Plug it a little bit follow it follow it for sure we love we love sharing stories we love when people send us not only their photos 
Um, but if you get a license, we always love reposting certificates. Cool. Um, cause, because that's part of it is just trying to like spread a bit of the culture. Um, and like also like appreciating like other pods, like you don't realize like getting your, getting your license or getting your instrument, like it is a big deal. And a lot of us understand like what the work was to get there. Right. Yeah. Appreciate that. Cool, man. Well, hey, I got a quick uh, rapid fire section for you too before we go. Uh, you ready All for right, it? Let's go. Cool, man. All right. Uh, let's see. What's your favorite airplane you've ever flown? Uh, the Goodyear Blimp. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> How'd you manage <laughs> to fly a Goodyear Blimp? Yeah, I I, do, I wanted to say the one because like it doesn't happen often, but it was really cool to fly. That's crazy. <laughs> How did you manage that? <laughs> so when I was working, while I was working for Mike Goulian on the air show team, mm-hmm. Goodyear, our sponsors, we were at, we were at Oshkosh, the blimp was there and we had been hosting Goodyear and parties for Goodyear throughout the week. Yeah. And they asked the question, do you want to go for a ride in the blimp? And you're not going to say no. No, not at all. Absolutely. <laughs> and, were flying and I was, I was talking to one of the pilots telling him I was a pilot and he's like, oh, cool. He's like, all right, hop in the seat. Like he kicked his FO out. Like, yeah. See, I got to do a couple laps with the blimp, but it was awesome. How, was it really slow? Oh yeah. yeah, I think we were like cruising thirty knots. That's crazy. But it was yeah, dealing with thermals, like you really understood it. In yeah, the blimp. I bet. Full like, stick down, and we're going like climbing at like fifty feet per. Yeah, blimp. it's like no. <laughs> you're like, oh my god. Yeah. What's uh? Um, let's see. What's your least favorite plane? Let's say the ugliest airplane ever made. The Edgley EA7 Optica. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I'll have to look that. Up. <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot you a message to look it up. It is just I don't. It's gross. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't <laughs> look good. It looks futuristic, but like not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Really good. That's funny. What's your uh, favorite airport you've ever flown to? Um, I'll have to, I'll have to toss out and say it's a uh, Daniel Key in the Bahamas. All right. What's your least favorite airport you have to fly to? Oh man, I'm not even sure if I have a least favorite. Uh, I'll say Fort Juliet Two. It's it's a place in George, Nashville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a terrible experience going in there because. <laughs> Because there was, we had an hour and a half sit, and there's like no FBO. It's, yeah. a, it's an abandoned plantation area. Yeah, it's just a bad experience there. Nothing against anyone from Nashville, Georgia. It's <laughs> just not fun. Yeah, when I flew freight, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I would fly to an airport that didn't have FBO, and I would just open up the cargo door in the Pilatus and lay on the ground. It's like I didn't have seats, <laughs> yeah. so at least you have yeah, seats exactly. to sit in. But I was just like laying on the wood floor and just like kicking back, <laughs> relaxing, playing music. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's see. What is um Are you an Android or iPhone guy? iPhone. I like texting in blue. <laughs> Cessna, Piper, Cessna, Piper or Diamond Aircraft for training. Uh I'm going to say Piper. Um yeah, Piper cuz I got my private in that. Did a lot of training in Cessnas, but I got my commercial in an Arrow and my multi in a Seneca, so nice. I'll go if you won the lottery today, what airplane would you buy? I would buy the Cessna 182 that was in The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> there you go. It's very specific. 
Yeah, I'm not. I I almost just said the tail number, but there's <laughs> but someone else will take it. Uh, so yeah, I, don't do it. Myself. That's funny. I would I would buy that because one I would have Godfather like painted on it. There you go. A fun story because people are like oh just 182. I'm like yeah, but you know the significance of it. <laughs> and what, then it, it was a good conversation starter. It is. It definitely is. What's your favorite <laughs> airline livery? Uh, American Airlines, man. There you gotta, go. Gotta love the tail. Gotta love that flag. Yeah. What's your least favorite airline to fly on? Um, probably United. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing against United. Just like they always, just something always happens whenever I'm on United. <laughs> so maybe it's you. Maybe United <laughs> would say that you're the me. their least favorite yeah. passenger. I was, I was trying to be like super nice and yeah. smile. There's, there's like we see through your game. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they probably do. You're right. <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Would you rather fly over beach, mountains, or the country? Um, uh, I like fly over the beach because there's just way too much stuff that could happen flying over yeah. a mountain. Yeah. Like, it looks cool. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'll I'll go over the beach. Uh, nighttime or daytime flying? Ah, uh, dang it. Uh, nighttime flying is amazing if you're over a cool city, but I'm going to go with daytime flying because it's cool all the time. There you go. Cool. Well, those are about all the questions I have for you, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was fun to talk to you. And I I think that it's just cool to hear different sides of the story about not becoming a CFI and kind of working your way (laughs) to get your hours. Cause it's, I mean, people know it's out there, but they don't know necessarily how to go about getting a job there and just knowing that there's a ton of options and that there's good options that take care of their planes and their pilots. It's always good to promote. So (laughs) shout out to that. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. It was was a blast. Being a fan of this podcast, (laughs) you're what you do, your story, it's incredible, dude. I appreciate um, it, man. Thank you. I'll find you around in FBO at some time. You too. probably will. You missing each other. I would say you were in Boston when I, we were in Boston at the same time. I think yeah, that one time. Yeah, we were in Boston at the same time. I was kicking off as soon as you posted, just landed in Boston. I was like, no, <laughs> we got to land. Abort, abort the takeoff. <laughs> abort takeoff. We got to go say hi to a buddy. Yeah, All that's right. funny. <laughs> well, cool, man. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on and uh, have a great day and keep me updated on your progress. Sounds good, brother. I'll catch you later. All right, man. See you. See it. Bye. And that is a wrap of episode number 58. Aviation, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, like I said earlier, please leave us a review. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilot the pilot. And as always, follow us on Instagram at pilot the pilot. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please excuse if the sound quality is a little bit off on the beginning of the end. I'm using my B mic as I'm currently out in San Diego. Like I said earlier, I'm on a trip. I'm on a nine day trip. So once I get home, I will make sure to mail out those keychains, the stickers and the t-shirts to everyone. Thank you guys for being patient. It took a little longer than I thought, but I appreciate you guys and girls and thank you. And I look forward to creating more episodes and more swag for you guys to check out. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and as always, happy flying.